in the <coughs> morning uh, talk uh, with you. I would like to uh, develop the exploration a little bit uh, further and just go over the initial meditation instructions in a while. Uh, but uh, prior to that, I would like to touch upon what I would consider uh, five uh, rather important areas which are uh, made reference to with uh, much uh, regularity. And what I've got in mind uh, here, if I can remember the five, is uh, uh, busyness, one, stress, two, anxiety, three, uh, trauma, four, and uh, addiction, specifically uh, mobile phones and social media, uh, five. So, if I forget any of them, kindly let me know, because I'll be asking. All right. <clears throat> First, with the busyness. All of these five are common enough in society, in uh, daily life, each one of those really needs to be addressed seriously and attentively to liberate heart and mind from the problematic aspects which are with all uh, the five I just referred to. So I'd like to address just uh, one at a time. It will, I hope, be some opportunity while here for mindfulness, meditating and reflecting upon. And some of these situations I regard it as rather important for a vitally uh, fresh and new way of looking at these things, as much as fresh and new might might be, to take busyness for the as an example. Yeah. It's very easy in the reference to oneself for the mindset to draw the view and opinion, I am very busy. Even the language I am is conceited, then to add another word to it doubles the conceit. And with uh, busyness <coughs> uh, there, <coughs> it's a common uh, problem, it's uh, pathological, it's repetitive, and in the movement of this busyness, it generally shows itself in the three primary uh, uh, areas, fairly obvious. Uh, one is thought, the mind. Mind is busy, busy, dancing and moving up and down problematically between past, present and future. That's due to uh, a push, unresolved uh, matters, placing pressure on the mental components, feelings as well, of course, and it generates the busyness. The second aspect of uh, busyness is with speech, communication, language, words, both uh, spoken, and that can show itself sometimes in the impatience of the voice, the impatience uh, which can arise with regard to listening uh, to uh, another, the business of the mind generates and feeds the will to get something finished and completed or done in the spoken world uh, and all of that busyness and desire 
and wanting things to finish it places pressure. The third area is in the doing. In the language quite often of I have so much to do. I have such a long list of things to do that might require our presence from here to there. It might require the variety of tasks at home, caring for children, the workplace, the study environment and much, much more. So human being... In a world of uh, busyness, the identification uh, uh, with it shows that it's manifesting in body, speech and mind. Uh, or body, speech, written and uh, mind. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy and sometimes the ego accompanies this tragedy in the uh, conceited view once again, oh, um, um, I am so busy. It's a way so often of feeding the notion of self-importance by being uh, busy. But there's a cost, there's a severe cost to this. And some of the expressions of the cost uh, to, to this business that we do not realise how much uh, pressure, unseen influences from the past, recent past, are gradually growing and that generating more and more pressure. Busyness uh, also ends up with a a major disconnection and neglect of the loved ones, because one is so busy. One doesn't have time for love, support, kindness, acts of friendship, contact and communication with others because of the obsession. uh, When the busyness is... uh, going along in such a way that pressure not only is unhealthy at the mental level but because the mind and the emotional life and the body are so intimately related the business will gradually have an impact on the feelings about oneself Uh, they're unpleasant and uh, difficult to cope with when those feelings start getting more deeply impressed it will affect your health it will make you sick you'll have more pains in the body more vulnerable to a variety of uh, ills, sicknesses, accidents and more because the busyness is a statement of being out of touch all of that should say my gosh what the hell am I doing living a busy life there is no virtue in it so then we look at that and if we see that it is a part of our life it is quite a challenge in life to say it's a very simple thing what will bring more space and what will bring more space is being less busy and what means less busy is actually doing much less there so there is time for love there is time for empathy there is time for life there is time for care there is time for compassion and we can release so much more. But some things will need to be reduced dramatically or cut out of our life to be let go of, to make space there. And it's problematic, it's problematic for people with kindness, but one can have a lot of kindness in this life and have no wisdom. And when there is kindness without wisdom, we will keep saying yes to this, that and the other because we're afraid to say no. And that kind of kindness is a false kindness 
because in the end of that it wears us out and we find ourselves in difficulty. So I say, fresh approach to this is being completely honest, looking at one's life very, very uh, 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 clearly and really committed to a significant, clear reduction in what we do so that we have some remembrance that we're not human running afters and human doings and human pursuings and human getting more. We are human beings and to renew and to reconnect with the sense of being there. And then some beautiful work, contributions, actions can, can come. And we can put hand on heart and say, I am not a busy person. And there's no excuse for being busy. And that will generate in the short and the long term much more joy, happiness and energy and much greater support for others as much as ourselves by just addressing this issue. The other issues are all uh, interrelated and uh, one of them in all of this is the tiredness and I'll touch upon that in a moment or two. With regard to the uh, second area, they're not absolutely different from each other but we look at ourselves for some clarity and some understanding because these teachings are liberation teachings. They're a radical change in the root of the being teachings. There. And that's the power uh, of them if we can apply and practice them, obviously. Uh, with this area of stress, uh, another common, common uh, uh, area and in the area of stress to just to see the dynamics of it and what might be uh, the prevalent, predominant locations or ways that the press, sorry, the distress shows itself. It be really clear. All, i just give you three examples, all may be very uh, uh, similar, one or, or two may stand out for you, but to be clear with them. So one of these areas of, uh, of stress is the excessive thinking. No matter what it's about, it can be good things, whatever, doesn't matter. Sometimes, as it is said, the road to hell is lined with good intentions. And certainly a, a truth in the one-liner there. So one might have very, very good intentions, but the excess of thinking itself... The thoughts keep arising, and in the stream of those thoughts which are arising, the thought easily can arise, oh, I shouldn't be thinking so much. I should let go of these thinking. There will not be the power of the thinking telling the thinking to stop. It's a delusion. And it just continues, and oh, I should think less, blah, blah, blah. I should think less, blah, blah. Why am I thinking so much, blah, blah, blah. And it just uh, continues because the resistance, which is what that thought is, to that is not an insight. It doesn't show clarity. It only confirms that there is an, a resistance to thinking. And the resistance creates the pressure and the pressure continues the perpetuity, perpetuity of it. So it's quite something to really uh, explore thinking. Quite a lot of thinking is nothing to do with the thinking. It's, it's, I may say, it's to do with your loss of interest in life. And that change uh, and switch over so that when a human being 
is really uh, in love with life, is really conscious of life and appreciates the most ordinary in the seeing, the hearing, the smelling, the tasting and touching and is truly dedicated. One of the great acts of devotion that we can make in life is to be devoted to life. It's far more significant than religion. That in that devotion to life and that real interest uh, there in people, creatures, the environment, life, the circumstances of it, it will generate such a presence for that thinking will be reduced significantly. It is not through the act of will that thinking slows down. The will power is unable to sustain the pressure of the control of the holding back of thinking. That's what willpower does. Willpower is not the answer to it. So our interest in the ordinary, the brushing of our teeth, the going to the toilet, the washing of the dishes, the eating of the food, the seeing of the creatures, the precious colours of life, the sky above, earth below, the acts of service and much more. The dedication to all of that so that when we need to give some thought to something, it is short and it is precise and it is careful uh, there and we know when to begin it and when to finish it. And so that, that with the stress level, sometimes it's the excess of thinking. The second area um, with regard to this is we as human beings, we engage in action. And we are, tend to be known by our action. People say, oh, what do you do? And quite often we report what we do, we're known by our actions. And actions are extraordinarily important. It's a, a vital teaching and liberation teachings. And therefore to look at our, our actions in life, and sometimes the actions are under the influence of two forces inside the being. One is the desire to get. And the other is fear of not getting. And these two forces inside the human being, even if it's about something good, something for the benefit of others or oneself, these two forces emerge in the consciousness and the outcome of that, it creates a pressure. That pressure, two forces rubbing up against each other is called stress. And sometimes, as I say, that stress starts to eat into the cells of the body and trouble ahead. So our practice and our exploration is to really uh, look at that and in the looking at, to really, in the very small actions, the incidental actions, the kind of irrelevant, unimportant actions where there isn't any desire to get things done and there isn't any fear of not completing them, to look at the ordinary, the mundane, the everyday, and to, what is to show the action that we engage in which doesn't have that in it. I need, as a human being, examples from personal experience of small actions without desire and fear. And therefore it is the wish to do, the inclination towards, the quiet determination towards whatever that might be and in that quiet small modest uh, action to get the sense of that to develop it again and again and again through the day until 
aspect, that understanding, which is the most important thing, then you can say, okay, in this action, which usually I've got desire, that means pressure to get things done, fear of not getting them complete, I'm going to apply this practice of wise, skillful action, which is very modest, not very important to me or to others, and to see if I can bring that right in to the action which is problematic, which makes my life miserable, whoever my is, and it makes other people's life, because desire and fear haunt our existence. They're, 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 they're severe trouble for human existence, these two. And we don't need them. They're not suitable for, for life. We can live wisely and clearly and fearlessly as well. And the third, <coughs> always interrelated, nothing is independent, of course. So in the, the third one, in the actions that we engage in, in in life, the intentions and the movement, that is the action, the speech, the written word, uh, the use of the body to do this or that, very easy carries with it the dependency on result. And this dependency on the, on the result of what, what we do, frankly, isn't in our hands. It's another human mythology. And so often, the cooperation, that means uh, in terms of what we do, quite often, obviously, is on the response of the other. So if we're doing things for the attention of the other, to get the approval of the other, to get the recognition of the other, watch out. People are not always so approving. And the more wonderful a job you do, the more fault-finding you might get. Jealousy, envy, the tendency of other people to wish to be negative, to undermine. The more beautiful it is, the more vulnerable one can be. This is life. People don't... Maybe may plenty of people around who do appreciate beautiful and lovely gestures but there are plenty of people around who are very willing to pull it apart. And if you forget, just pick up your morning newspaper. And the assassination, the stereotyping and the rubbishing of people who are doing some very beautiful work. So it requires a, a love, and that love moving into the field of commitment, into the field of the action uh, there, but be very vigilant. Not even one's own voice is, will reveal the truth either. Don't imagine, oh, I just rely on what I think about it. Though. Do not. Ooh. One's own voice can be a much harder judge than anybody else's. One can put one's experience and the consequences into the courtroom of oneself with the judge, the jury, the prosecution and the sentence all going on in the eternal life. And others may approve and they may say kind words uh, to you, but the inner voice might be coming up, oh, they don't mean it. What do they want from me? They're just trying to impress me or whatever. If they really knew me, they, they would know what rubbish I am or whatever it might be. The internal voice or the internal voice which is building oneself up. Voices easily we are vulnerable and the shift the radical change the root change here 
love the action know the pure heartedness of it if it is know the action as an act of sharing or offering or movement uh, which is there, uh, uh, there for you and just leave the outcomes to whatever they may be and to find a certain steadiness in what the outcomes and if there is some feedback positive or negative coming to say, yes yes however the intentions and the actions and to stay true to that is a tremendous thing to be able to do with the third one here with the anxiety it's um, challenging one it's a word which gets uh, frequently mentioned and like stress and busyness it's uh, used uh, by people uh, uh, every day and it may be including with the uh, uh, other ones it might be time to drop the word I think these words frankly quite a, a lot have gone past their sell-by date and what I mean, mean, mean by that the word is, has, has got corrupted it gets corrupted through the frequency of usage so as an example there in terms of the, the simple duality of things there is the event the event says in the object oh um, I am anxious I have a lot of anxiety there we heard in the inquiry uh, yesterday uh, evening with uh, Samantha common enough I have a lot of anxiety I wake up with anxiety uh, sometimes anxiety uh, impacts and influences on me in a whole variety uh, of ways so we keep using the same word anxiety, anxiety, anxiety and we might speak about that experience using that word the word itself there is the, 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 in the duality there is the describer the describer says this is anxiety this is the description of it as if the word this anxiety or my anxiety is somehow detached beyond and an independent statement which is true and authentic about the event it ain't how could it be coming out of the same mind not coming out of space it's coming out of the same mind and the same mind is carrying in the describer the, the past history through the frequency of use the language anxiety is tainted it's tainted with all the previous impressions so when it's looking at the experience which is called anxiety the word is being used I am anxious and the regularity of the use of that word lands on every little bit of uncomfortable feeling and sensation that's going on in the body and it's called anxiety it's a crude stereotype generalization of experience because it just gets used every time there's some thoughts which are arising which are too much and some sensations in the body which are too much oh it's anxiety anxiety how can a human being be liberated in the belief system I am anxious it shows a disconnect it shows that we're not really close to, to the event because we have decided this is it and we can't tolerate 
letting go of the identity called I am anxious or I am busy or I am stressed. Because we're so used to the describer in their identity repeating the language. Is it any wonder we can practice five, ten, as the good man said, twenty years and still talking about it? It's a challenge to, to liberate the being there. And in uh, relationship to that, there's a meditation teacher talking, so I have a little experience over these last 50 years with all this. We say, um, we might say, at times, <laughs> I'm trying to be precise here, I don't want to get stereotyping myself with this view uh, point. We say, we, that's a bit too broad. Christopher says. Thank you, Samantha. It is valid and worthwhile to go to the body, to go to the breath and to the body. Yes, we give some genuine, we give some genuine emphasis uh, on this. <coughs> yes, as mentioned earlier, the feeling, emotional, um, thought, state of mind, life, so intimately close with the body, clearly the, the body easily can be affected, aff- affected by that. Some people, body life is, has a certain kind of resilience and is able to accommodate uh, these kind of uh, problematic states of mind, shall we say. But sometimes some people, more so than what is realised, uh, the, the body is really affected by the states of mind, the streams of thought, it, and that varies a lot. More importantly, and the point I want to make here, is that we do say, yes, feel, be in touch with your sensations. And here I'm using the word sensations as the word which means bodily feelings, the bodily feeling tones, the variety of them. Yes, be in touch with the sensations in the body, ex- explore them. Be clear about uh, them. Um, uh, work with them. Relax through them. Contribute to dissolving them, etc. Express equanimity towards them. And all of that will give, is the point, temporary relief. That's all it will do. It will give temporary relief. And the temporary uh, relief will not bring about the liberation from it. Sometimes, occasionally, because there's always an exception to every guideline uh, uh, here, it may significantly help, and sometimes there may be a breakthrough um, to make allowances for that while engaged in the body. But more often than not, I would say, though we emphasize appropriately enough the mindfulness, the concentration, the meditations, the being with the body experience, looking into the difficulties of, of the con- constructions in the body, tensions, stress, discomfort, pain, and the variety of sensations which are difficult to work with. Though we look at all of that, though we can ha- contribute to chilling it out for the time being. And that helps to make some calmness and clarity in the being. But... I doubt very much that a process with all the equanimity 
and clarity that goes with it will resolve the issue. It's going to take something deeper than that. It's going to take some understanding unknown to oneself which changes fundamentally the whole view of it. The whole view of what this experience actually is. And therefore the making way or the keeping out of all of that is to drop any buzzword because the description is misleading you the description is is making you think this is what it is it is not it is not what you think it is it's not what you have decided it's not what everybody has told you the language the repetition of the singular is the block to really to finding an understanding quite quite different there to take an example just keeping with it, the anxiety level for a moment so called that in the relationship to that it might be that you experience some anxiety let's say it might be in the stomach it might be a kind of nervousness in the system or, or whatever and one says gosh I'm feeling this anxiety yet, yet again but if one takes out the word for a moment uh, there and in the relationship to the event without any description of it it might be providing some opportunity to see it in a fresh way and if one is seeing it in a fresh way uh, there, in, in a new way it might trigger some insights and understanding what is contributing to this because there cannot be anxiety or busyness or stress without causes and conditions and anxiety, busyness and stress can't sustain itself without taking out even just one of those causes and conditions it's completely dependent on the causes and conditions so the looking at it being calm and peaceful with it helpful and beneficial as it may be but it's only the preparation what needs to change. And if you're not willing to change anything, then you'll have a temporary uh, relief, and then you'll go home, and within days you'll be back, or a week or two, or a month or two, it will be back. So something has to change in the way of viewing these problematic experiences, and not only just change for the day, but in this case, change once and for all. And the invitation and the exploration for liberation, in this case from anxiety and the others, is something needs to change, not huge, but to take something out so it can't continue. In a very, very simple way, perhaps you were a smoker uh, uh, there, apart from the tragic waste of good farming land and, and all the cancers that go along uh, uh, with it as... Uh, well, and one day has come, you may recall, I can recall, the day one decided to stop uh, 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 smoking. For smoking to arise, it requires quite a few conditions. First of all, it requires the tobacco, it requires the cigarette, or the, or the roll-up, or whatever. It also requires the matches, uh, that re it requires the, the motivation, or the addiction, or the habit. And you can put all of that together there is still no smoking. You can light the match, there's still no smoking. You still need cause and condition. 
You can light the match. You could put it to the end of the cigarette. Still no smoking. Then one started. Just take one of those out. Just drop the matches. Don't have a cigarette in the hand. Don't move your hand towards the, uh, the, the cigarette. One, take one condition out, the whole thing is over with. What's the condition that's going to end your busyness? What's the condition that's going to end your stress? What's the condition that's going to end your anxiety? That's what the teachings are about. <clears throat> in the exploration uh, there with, the, uh, with tiredness uh, there, I, I, like with the others, I, to be honest, I don't have much belief in the reality of tiredness. I think it's another, mostly it's a social fiction. It's something that uh, we've agreed it, it, this is how it is and we can't imagine that we might be living in cloud cuckoo land. So, to take a small example, which reminded me of this, um, the, 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 whatever, the, the sweetness of uh, sitting on the cushion at nine o'clock yesterday evening. I can tell you, there's maybe 50-60% of you were here in the hall this morning is looking considerably more crowded. Uh, yeah. So, what happened between 8.30 and nine o'clock? You know, of course, some of you may have gone to challenge your fearlessness in walking in the forest at night. <laughs> uh, um, uh, there, or, or you know, walking on water down at the swimming pool or something else. I don't know, but I have a mild suspicion, forgive me, that it might not have been those two valuable areas, and it went somewhere else. So then the, the thought arises, you know, uh, after the uh, lovely inquiry with uh, Samantha, or in between, oh, the thought arises, I am, the conceit has already started, and then uh, tired. Uh, uh, so there is a, a general, um, I wouldn't call it walking, sleepwalking, um, towards one's uh, 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 place of, uh, place of uh, residence. The mind is convinced, I am tired, oh, I'm so tired, it's been such a long day, I've really got no energy left, I must I really have to go to bed because I've got to get up at this appalling hour of 5.45. Be grateful you're not in a Buddhist monastery, it's 4 o'clock, or a Zen retreat where it's 3 o'clock. But here, here it's a holiday camp. <laughs> this is Byron Bay after all. So it's 5.45 when the, when the, uh, uh, the day... The day uh, 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 there. Supposing somebody close to you rang up Ali and said, Would you please give this telephone number to this person? Very, it's very urgent. Please ring immediately. It, this, is no, it, this is urgent. Ali quickly goes to this person. Here's the telephone number. The person said, Please ring immediately. Are you going to say, oh God, I'm so tired. <laughs> Look, I might not even make the first sitting, so I'll try and ring between 8 and 8.30, you know, and I promise before 9.30. Where did that energy come from? One didn't have a moment's energy left. And now one got so much energy uh, there, before the call, during the call, and after the call, no sleep at night, there's so much energy. Where did it come from? 
what was all this reality? I am so tired. I'm just exhausted. I really can't sleep. I can't handle another minute. I don't want to hear another word. And then, <laughs> eh? human beings and are masters of self-deception. Masters of it, we are. So, in that, in that. Uh, uh, situations like that as an example of uh, what I mean is that sometimes in the looking like to repeat we look and we have a view and we have persuaded ourselves of the authenticity of the view it, it, we are so kind of bizarrely uh, attached to the view of the situation or of the experience we carry the view around and we only have to have a little sensations. We yawn like that. We're feeling a bit tired. The horizontal posture in the hall gets more and more attractive, I notice, to, a, to a, three of you. We're trying to make love to the carpet. You know, uh, going in that, in that di- di- direction. Look, when you're dead, you'll have plenty of time in the horizontal posture, so, etc. So sometimes we're kind of going in that... Going, going in that direction uh, uh, there and we're saying look there's an other way of looking at these things altogether because of the habit the conditioning the repetition of the reaction it's not an action it's a reaction and it can easily happen coming back to the tiredness for a moment one has an impression I am tired, 8.30 to 9 o'clock in the uh, evening. And the same time, this evening and the next evening, the same feeling, sensation arises, which then is interpreted, judged to be, I am tired. And in that, one kind of creeps off to uh, the horizontal world. And we're here to catch that. We're here not to keep defining who we are in the time with the same label. That's all. And so, and finally, <coughs> I think is it the final one? Um, uh, coming to um, addictions, uh, there. I've got the mobile uh, 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 phone as a, a primary one. So, like everything else, it starts off as that should we say, as a pleasure, as a support, as a, a useful, but the repetition of time means that gradually we lose connection with the actual world. We live in a false substitute world called uh, social media or the, the mobile phone or whatever. And there is the addiction which starts to enter into that. And that begins to cut off access to people and to life uh, there. And some people have looked at this and are looking at this more and more carefully and in that setting some principle or some guideline for its use. And sometimes when on the underground uh, 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 train um, seeing the number of people who are just engrossed in their self-absorbed, self-little world around the, the mobile phone there. And quite often, it's, of course, it's Facebook there, it's texting, it's playing games, 
it's looking at pictures or whatever it might be and there's something magnetic it's a pull of course it's a pull it's an addiction it's an addiction waking up in the morning and it's the first thing uh, that one does and much more and it is going to take if you wish to be a liberated human being and not an addicted uh, human being it's going to take some quite some clarity there's far more important things in life than that little box of um, information and uh, entertainment there so its usage is careful its usage is reduced to maximize the sense with life it's fragmenting i see this uh, in in the retreats over the, over the years in a generality for for a, a moment there i um gave um uh when was, when was i think it was in uh, uh, in israel so the two retreats back to back and the blessed thing with israel is that they're offering the retreats you know, fully on donation uh, uh, there to the great credit but it means that nobody has to give any re- uh, deposit because there's no registration uh, there so roughly 85 were registered for each retreat people are asked to confirm two or three weeks beforehand so they have months to confirm two or three weeks beforehand so we anticipated around uh, 80 85 i asked for assistant teachers to uh, give the extra support and the outcome of that was out of the i think i think it was like 170 people 110 turned up i said you can't go on like this this is this there with people having an idea oh I'll oh I might I'll put my name down just in case I might go uh but there may be other things which I need to do or whatever there and when the life is so fragmented with all these so-called choices and things to do and here uh and there commitments and connections and the deep things of life get lost and forgotten and that's a huge problem huge problem sometimes when i have a coffee with somebody and their mobile phone goes on and they pick up the mobile phone and answer it my immediate response is i i bring a book out of my bag and i start reading it as soon as i answer the phone and i get the point i don't have to say anything so sometimes in in that if we're going to make care and love and connection for uh, uh, each other as the theme as i mentioned earlier things have to get less in life to make access for something more 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 important and it's a real challenge and i do feel concern from the um, uh, what one reads about the impact of all of this computer and all these systems on our brain and our heart and our being i'm not sure if human beings are made for such intensity which is uh, affecting us and affecting our children and and so forth so there is plenty of um, issues to uh, explore here busyness got to remember them now stress anxiety trauma thank you trauma nearly there <laughs> and uh, addictions of mobile phone addictions i had in uh, mind and just finally with the the, the world of trauma there interesting how this word like few other words it's kind of 
entered into the language with immense frequency in the last few weeks or, or months uh, there. And sometimes it's used in a light-hearted way as fun way. So yesterday uh, morning, my uh, darling uh, daughter um, telephoned. She said, something I've got to tell you. I put it on loudspeaker so Samantha could listen. So she went to, to church and went to school because she thought that uh, Josiah... It's a uh, uh, combination of Hebrew uh, and uh, Jamaican name, Josiah, Joseph, um, um, was in some kind of service uh, there because he's in the first year. So my daughter went, she got into the church hall there and she couldn't see him anywhere so she thought I would stay but there were lots of other parents there. And then she was laughing and, and she said, there were all seem to know these prayers which I never even heard of, knew nothing about. Our Father who art in heaven and, and, and the one to Mary, I can't remember how that starts. Hail Mary, Hail Mary full of grace. You know, some of you have had the, the terrors of the Catholic upbringing will know exactly what I'm referring to. And so she's looking around, she had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, they thought, well, I won't leave. And the head teacher spotted her and uh, and this gave a nod, and then at the end of it, he uh, said, so, "Oh, Deshaun, he said, really touched it. Even though your, your son's not here this morning because it's not for the first year, so, uh, students that you've made the effort to come and to listen to a church service and be part of of this Catholic school, etc." Yeah. <laughs> she said, "Well, I was thinking about. I've got a lot of work to do." Uh, etc. And I spoke to my uh, grandson for a moment, four years of age. I, I had to smile, uh, etc. I mentioned it to him. Samantha's uh, giving the uh, instructions yesterday morning. So I said to him, I'm going to go out to see if I can see a snake, because it's the only proof with the kids that I've been to Australia. And I uh, said, so I'm out hunting. And I go down to the, uh, there's a pond down there, you've been down the hill and it's damp and track, and sometimes one sees what one's there. And then then he he said to me, Grandad, if you get bitten by a snake, will you come home with only one leg? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, I'd be travelling lighter on Singapore (laughs) Airlines, and perhaps they could give me a 20% discount or something. Uh, 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 uh. Just, I love the imagination of these children. Like, and his brother said, taking the train from London through to Paris and Belgium to go to the teacher retreats in uh, Germany. And he said, but what about the water? And I said, no, no, we, we, we go under. Uh, there. And uh, my grandson said to me, ah, oh, but he said, if you're on the train there, he said, Will you see the fish? <laughs> the thought arose in my mind. If we do, shit, we're in real trouble. Exactly. <laughs> 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 well, I love the love the imaginations. And um, one little child lost his grandmother, and uh, and he said, and, his, and he asked his mum, "What happened? What happened to Granny when 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 she died?" And sometimes her mother, you know, I don't know, but she had a wonderful life. She was a lovely granny and she's passed on. And the little child said, 
I saw a bird flying straight up and the bird was carrying granny to heaven I mean it's such the imagination it's poetically beautiful uh, and sometimes the, the, the youngsters they remind us of something really precious and deep about the imagination it doesn't have to be true it's just the beauty uh, of, the, of the statements uh, which are, really can uh, touch us and we need those moments from the young we need those moments from uh, the nature because all of those moments will remind us of the price we pay for living in this world of busyness and giving so much authority and the stress and the anxiety and the traumas uh, and the addictions and just with the trauma like my daughter used it she said God she said Dad it was traumatic being in this church hall no it wasn't but get the idea so sometimes with trauma to look at in its actual sense one could be a very painful experience of the past the body so to speak has remembered it's a singular or short number of them and it's still having some influence in the present and affecting us in the present requires um, some uh, work with all of that and sometimes it requires some sharing if it's strong of course uh, with the other always with the always with the view what will change it what what's the what a fresh way of looking at it and we ask what is the fresh way what is a new way what is a creative way so they're not repeating the memory and to keep working at it, keep working day in and day out. So there's no self-blame, no self-pity, no blame of the other. What is the fresh way? Dig, 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 and something will emerge and you will know the truth of it and the truth of it is only confirmed because it changes the way of looking at it and you feel much lighter. It's not what's actually said, it's the authority which emerges from it uh, and emerges out and you know a change has been made because you feel and think differently. And sometimes trauma is not in the dramatic of the singular, but in the regularity of something which keeps repeating itself. And there's a feeling of not recovering from. That recognition of that is the same principle. To really recognize, be clearly honest, if necessary, share with the other, because sometimes it's too much for the individual to handle, and then to see from that same kind of principle. If you keep working with it for the new, for the liberating, for the insightful, so you don't have to go into the psychology, you don't have to go into all the history of all of that. It might be true, everything you remember may be completely accurate, but it may not make a scrap of difference. Psychology may not resolve it just by analysing what was. But we want to be recognised, we're in no denial and given the opportunity through the depth to find something to expand out. And it might just be a new, fresh way to be explored. If you do start exploring a fresh way with a trauma, whatever it is, initially it will seem very theoretical it won't seem real because the real has been planted into the trauma and that's, and that's 
the projection is into the trauma as the real thing, the real experience, the real relationship. So if you do something <coughs> which was trauma, but now you're responding in a fresh way, it won't seem very authentic. Oh, it's just my mind, it's just my head, it's just my thoughts, it's just an idea. Be patient. Be patient. So that from that just an idea, with the practice, it would just gradually deepen into feeling. It would deepen into experience. It will gain its valid authenticity. And when it, it does, the days of trauma are finished. They're over. They're gone. You're out. Liberation from it. So, blimey. You should put, take the watch off the wrist in the future and put it down, uh, etc. So, finally, there's working with the breath. One. Two, working with the body. And uh, uh, sometimes presence of the whole body or experiences of the body, too. <coughs> Thirdly, listening deeply. So one aspect of the listening deeply is to the feeling. If you're not sure what the feeling is in the way that uh, we described to you, don't try and have any kind of uh, decision about it. Just be with what the experience uh, actually is. Don't be concerned, pleasant, unpleasant or in between uh, there. And today, a little bit more, two aspects to today. The full uh, experience of the whole presence of heart and mind. So, times being with the breath, if that's appropriate for you. Times being with the whole body, if that's appropriate for you. Times really tuning into the feeling life uh, there to really recognize its place in human existence. And then fourthly, just expanding out a little bit further. Right now, what's the state of mind, art and mind? Right now, what's the quality of presence? Right now, what's the energy uh, like? And the encouragement uh, as well for some uh, reflection here. It might be around one of those five I mentioned today. What is the change that's going to make a radical difference? Enough. Thank you for uh, lending an ear. Thank you. Let's have a quiet minute, shall we? May all beings explore the expanse of the human experience. May all beings go deeply 
into the field of life. May all beings live with wisdom and liberation. <laughs>